0: Welcome to another episode of Let's Chat with Shell. I'm your host, Shell. <laughs> it's a night. I think it's always so funny when I say I'm your host, Shell, like there was, there's going to be anybody else, <laughs> but there might be. I might do guest podcasters, and if I ever do, I, I will always make sure they clearly say who they are so that there's no confusion, but anyways... So I thought that it would be a good idea for me to kind of do like a story time and talk about how I came to believe in Jesus, how I I became um, a Christian and a follower of Christ. Um, I prefer to say a follower of Christ because I really hate saying Christian because literally every religion, every form of um, non um like Islamic uh, religion claims Christianity, and people really don't live like Christ followers in these different sects. And, and so some of these things are just associated with Christianity, and they're not really, the, some of them call themselves Christians, and they don't even believe in Christ, um, the Messiah. So that's really odd. But um I, I guess I can talk a little bit about what I believe. I believe that um, that God is in three parts, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I believe that um, he sent his son in the form of Jesus, the only way, the truth, and the light. I don't believe his name was Jesus, but for the sake of this podcast, we're going to call him that. Um, I believe his name is Yahuwah, and I think that... Um, that's god's name and i believe uh jesus's name is actually yahusha um but that's just a whole nother separate topic in america we call him jesus um which is actually a form it's a derivative of hail zeus so uh zeus is a, a deity in in greek uh culture or uh Ancient Greek culture. Um, so, anyways, with all of that aside, I came to know um, Jesus uh, or Yahusha, and it, it, it was a very powerful way. And it's so interesting how I feel like um, God got my attention, um, and this is how. So, i was i I was about okay let's start from the beginning so uh, I grew up in uh, a very Christian household you know my mom and my dad were believers um they they went to a we went to a non-denominational Christian church and when I was about nine years old it wasn't like there was any like forcing us to believe in anything else but I mean that was our our religion. We had this really creepy like Jesus heart like rug we had in our house and this huge white bible and we went to church and for the most part as a kid it was boring to me. And I remember one time we were at our church, the church I grew up in, and I remember we were sitting in the balcony and I had on a yellow and white dress and I was just like, I remember that dress specifically, it was polka dot and had um, some like white and yellow detail on it. And I remember just listening about this man named Jesus. Um, And I decided that I wanted to uh, give my heart to him. That's what they would say, give your heart to Jesus. They didn't really explain it. But I was like, you know what, that I want to go up there. So I went up there and got quote saved, I was like nine years old. And so I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. And it's so weird because when I went up there for, for to get saved, it was like, I felt so scared to do it because I was like the, I was nine years old and it was just a weird thing for kids to do in my church. And, um, so just thought it was just so weird. But I did it because I wanted to like I felt like it was weird because I was scared to do it. But I did it anyways, because I felt really passionate about doing it. And I remember thinking, wow, my life is really going to change from now on. Um, And it it really, uh, it changed in a bad way. Like right after that happened, after I went up to the front of the church to, quote, give my life to Jesus, my heart to Jesus, um, I got attacked really majorly by people in that church. Like, there were girls in my class who wanted to fight me. They jumped me. These two girls jumped me. One held me while the other one punched me. And I remember my mom standing up for me and just saying, like, hey, don't ever do that again. Because their parents tried to you know, get me in trouble after their kids did this and my mom stood up for me and she was just like, don't ever talk to my child like that again. And I was like, whoa, I mean, I really came to respect my mom at that time. So like usual, like kids do, um, I had decided that I was going to, I mean, I, after that I became like super, um, I didn't have any like weird encounters or anything like that. I just like, okay, I'm a Christian. But my church was very like, um, I don't really feel like as a nine year old, I understood what I had done. So afterwards, we got like baptized and things like that, like the religious things you expect out of someone who does that. But my heart wasn't in it after that. Like I, I went through all these things, but I noticed there was like a strong attack on my life from that moment that I decided that crazy things happen. And when I was in ninth grade, I remember um, so, something very dramatic and traumatic happened to me. Um, I, I was raped in high school and uh, I can talk about it now. I'm going to talk about it with some ease. So a lot of people probably question if that really happened because, you know, I don't grieve over that the way a person Um, who has like sexual trauma or something like that normally stumbles over those words. I don't, Um, and it's not something that I shared with a lot of people, Um, but it's something that is part of my testimony. And I remember the day it happened, actually, Um, the day I was raped in high school, I remember I didn't tell my mom. So there were all these crazy rumors about me having sex with these guys in school. And my mom asked me, was it true? And I just thought that was crazy because I had decided before I was 14 that I didn't want to have sex until I was married. Like I had determined that in my life. And I remember going to church that night, um, the night that it happened actually, because my mom like would take us to Bible study, like religiously. And I remember we were sitting in the back because we came late. And I remember, um, my brother and my little brother and my little sister just teasing me like to no end, um, because they had heard what was said, like, I mean, it happened in school. And by the end of the day, all kinds of crazy rumors were flying and it was all out of control. Like the whole situation was out of control. And so I remember us getting to Bible study and arri- arriving late and i I remember saying these words. I remember saying, um, God, if you're real, you're going to have to show me because I'm giving up. And I remember at that very moment, I felt this like really warm, warm feeling. It was like the feeling that you get when you put on a blanket when it's out of the dryer. And I remember never feeling so much peace ever before in my life but this like peace a feeling of peace came over me and I knew at that moment that God it God was real he didn't it wasn't like I heard an audible voice or anything and still with that encounter i mean it didn't change anything it just comforted me in that moment and it didn't change as far as my behavior i still was very hurt i still had a lot of psychological issues that i had to deal with as a direct result of of being raped and just some rebellion that i chose in the things that i did to go my own way and i remember being a crazy reader like i'd always been a reader and I got this job working at i had two jobs actually i was um I was on my hustle too y'all like I was a hustler I had so many jobs, and one job i had was actually um working as a bagger at a store called Meyer, and you only know Meyer if you're from the midwest like that's just it like you don't know Meyer unless you're you're from the midwest. Uh, and if you do maybe we can talk (laughs) but I remember this lady coming through and she had like this thick book and I I remember like I like thick books and the cover look interesting so you know I was like what is that book series she said oh it's the left behind series and it's really good and so I was like okay I'll, I'll read it you know it was just like to me, it was like, okay, I'll read this this series because the books were thick. And I, I would finish books so quickly that I wouldn't buy, like, some of the thinner books. And this book was thick, y'all. So, <laughs> I bought this book, y'all. Yeah, and I started to read. I actually started the second book in the series, which is called The Tribulation Force. And I remember reading that book. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it got my attention quickly. So I went back and read the first book, which was to me, it was a lot of details and stuff that I didn't understand, but I was like, I was consumed. And I remember I read the books and I started to read them and I was like, okay, you know what? I feel like Just because I gave my heart to Jesus when I was nine doesn't mean that I'm really a saved person. Like, if I died today, I don't know where I would spend eternity. And that bothered me because I was like, you know... It's easier to believe just everybody goes to heaven if you're good enough, and then you go to hell if you're bad and um and then there's some in between space and there were gray area, but I was really having a challenge to what I actually believed because it wasn't I just couldn't go off of what my parents said anymore. I didn't feel like compelled to do whatever it was that they believed, but at the same time. I didn't know enough to have my own belief system. So that was problematic because anytime you have a child who doesn't know what they believe um, and they don't know their own belief system, they're going to be influenced by whatever comes next. So I remember just looking for answers, but I didn't go to the Bible because I didn't even have a Bible at the time. So I just would I just would read these books and I was like, wow, you know, this is really this is a really good series. And it it could it touched me. It really did. I was I was really taken aback by the books um, the Left Behind series. And um, I remember the movie The Passion of Christ came out and I was about 18 years old and they everybody was talking about it. And I had started, you know, going back to church and stuff because I had stopped going um, to church altogether. I just kind of fell off of that whole scene because I didn't know what I I believed in. I was questioning everything. And so this was my way of, you know, having my own little rebellion. And at this point, my mom had stopped making us go to church because at one point she would like fight with us, fight with us, fight with us. Then our parents got divorced and my mom stopped making us go to church. Church became an option for us, which for me, I was like, say less, I'm not going. But then I remember um starting to be interested after reading these books about going back to church. So. I started going back to church, but I still wasn't sold. <laughs> I still wasn't sold, y'all. I was just like, I don't know about this. And I remember going to see the Passion of Christ. Someone gave me and my brother tickets. And it was not what I was expecting. Um, I was just blown away by the way that, Christ was depicted on the cross. And what stuck out to me the most is that he did that for every single person, whether they would be saved or not. And I was just blown away. I was just like, wow, like I could do that for someone who I loved. But to do that for somebody, I barely knew that was just it was just out of the question for me and I my in that in that theater I decided that I wanted to be saved like I all of a sudden had this urge like I want to give my life to Christ truly and completely like I want to give my life to Christ this is something I want to do and so I couldn't wait for church. Um, that was on, this happened on like a Saturday. And so when we left out of the theater, they gave us these little uh, New Testaments. And then it had the Psalms and the Proverbs. And it was called the Servant King. And it had a, a picture of the Christ, depicted of the Christ. Um, and he was like really bloody. And it was the images from the... Um, the passion of Christ. And what happened was, I saw this Bible, and I took it, and I was just kind of in a daze when I left the theater, and I wasn't really paying attention to it. And I went to <laughs> to church the next day. I'm laughing because it's like, it, look, thinking back on it, I was like, so afraid. That they were not going to do the altar call. And I they almost actually didn't do it. And I was like so terrified. Like no they have to do it. Because I wanted. I want to you know. Give my life to Christ. I want to go up there. I want to you know. Uh, give my life to Christ. And so they actually did the altar call. I took this uh, class. Called know what you believe. And I became on fire for Christ. And I started going to church um, and I didn't want to be around my mom because my mom was like pretty much the only person that I knew personally that even acted anywhere near saved or Christian like. So I didn't want to be around her all the time because me and my mom had a rough go at it. Like at the time, my mom just she didn't understand me and I didn't understand her. And so we constantly bickered and fought and it was tumultuous. I'm not gonna lie. My first... About five, six years after being a a Christian, I made so many mistakes and I definitely did a lot of things right, too. Um, I had a lot of conversations uh, with God about what I wanted and what I didn't want. And, you know, uh, I didn't um, I didn't want my Christianity to be in vain, but I also didn't want it to look like everybody else's either. So I remember I bought my first Bible, and I spent a lot of money on it, y'all. At the time, I sp- and I was like still a teenager so, and I was not making that much money, y'all, because I was in school. I was pre-med. It was a whole little mess. But let me tell y'all, I spent a lot of money on that first Bible. I think I spent like $70 in Barnes and Nobles, and it was a lot of money for me. And I was just like, you know what? I don't know. I like, I spent a lot of money and I did, I just bought one and I bought the new King James version. So I never went through the, uh, I never went through the situation of like having to, uh, you know, having to like learn the NIV and then unlearn some of that stuff because they've changed the NIV the new international version so much but I never went through that phase because my first Bible was the new King James and I remember I I gave that Bible to a woman recently when I was in Tulsa like a homeless woman and she said she didn't have a Bible and uh, she didn't have like a bag so I gave her some things gave her yeah I gave her my favorite Juicy Couture bag <laughs> and this Bible and my first Bible and but my first bible in in john the pages are were wrinkly because i cried i couldn't get through john without crying I would just cry. and That's all I would read. I would read the Gospel of John when I first got saved. That's all I read, y'all. All I read was the Book of John. And I just stayed in there. And every time I was just so blown away. And every time I opened my Bible, it was almost like I feared that somehow that would be different. Like it would say something different. That somehow it would disqualify me. From the love of God and from qualifying for being worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made, and every single time, even till this day, I'm just amazed um, at how good His love is, how how in depth, how crazy it is, how insane His grace is for me, that I wasn't I wasn't worthy of any of those things and yet he did it and so I am just still very blown away still very blown away when I open up John and I read that book which is my favorite book if you haven't noticed from this conversation from this podcast it is and anytime I'm reading the book of John I'm always just floored because of the revelation of love in that book and John one thing I noticed about him as a disciple is how he just reclined on Jesus and he I feel like he was floored too like he couldn't believe that Jesus would make such a sacrifice I I'm telling you like I'm just floored I I know that that's something that uh is lost on a lot of people because they've lost their passion and They've lost their fire and they've let it go out. But I'm still just floored. Sometimes it just makes me smile. Um, because I think about how awesome it is. That I I am considered worthy for Jesus to go through the cross. He deemed me worth it. And the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And so and he despised the shame that's the thing he it wasn't like the shame was any less for him than it was for anybody else it's just that he endured the cross for the you know for the joy that was set before him that we would be reconciled to him um, and that we would be able to be redeemed by him and I, I felt like the story was important because in the aftermath of, of Kobe Bryant passing and his daughter and his family, there is like a dark, um, there's kind of like this feel of darkness where it seems like we ha- we're despairing, like everybody is despairing because he is a hero and a well-respected man. And I think that that is, it's okay to grieve. I think grief is okay. Um, I think it's okay to miss someone. Um, but we have to understand that we have something to think about. We have, you know, our eternity to think about as well. We have our legacy to think about as well. And that man left his legacy. He had his eternity to think about. And, it, you know... We all will come to that point at some point where we have to think about the legacy we're leaving behind and what we want to be remembered for. And I decided that I'm going to leave a good legacy like for my children. What they will understand when they leave this, when they enter this world is that I love them and their their dad loves them but guess what even more so that we have a heavenly father and he loves us and he sent Jesus and Jesus he for the joy of reconciliation uh that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame and that is so that's such an awesome like meditation, it's such an awesome thought. Um, so, I just encourage you that, <laughs> and I know this was like a long, long story time, and it may not even make sense. But I encourage you that if you are are still searching, if you're like me, and I didn't know uh, what my belief system was, I didn't have a belief system. <laughs> if you're still searching, that you pour over something that makes sense, that you find your book of John. <laughs> it may not be the book of John. Some people really like other books in the Bible, but mine is John. And John always floors me. Like when I open the Bible, I still can't believe how good God is because that book it, it by itself floors me. I'm just like, wow, like, wow, you love us that much that you sent Jesus. And then the Bible says that God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. That's wild. <laughs> That's like a wild, wild thought. And, you know, if you are if you find yourself in a situation where you're grieving, you're thinking, I don't know what my legacy is. I don't know what it is that I'm here on this planet to do, I would definitely say to seek God, to seek the Lord, to find his purpose for your life and to live the that to your fullest. Because people like Kobe Bryant, I mean, this man is what a lot of people would call self-actualized. Like this man has lived... A life here on earth that a lot of people would be proud of. And I just feel like, you know, there are other people like who have those kind of talents out there in the world, but we'll never discover them or tap into them until you wake up and realize that you also have something that you're here for. And you also have something to do that will impact people and even if it's just one person the person who witnessed to um Reinhard Bonnke's great 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 grandfather actually impacted millions by just impacting that one man and his family so I would encourage you to do it even if it's just for one person and to step outside of yourself and and think about the legacy that you're leaving. And I often think that even if one person listens to my podcast, even if just one person is impacted in a positive way, I could be reaching millions through that one person because they were positively changed by something I've done. So I would encourage you guys to Uh, To really just use this opportunity, this time when there is this collective, you know, grief that we're all feeling for, you know, a hero for Kobe Bryant. And, you know, just to take this moment in and to realize that you have a very important part to play as well. You have a very important role in your life to play and the lives of others and seize this opportunity and and do the best with it that you can. So I hope I haven't gone over because it's possible that I have because I tend to do that. But, um, you know, just the reflection of this whole conversation and how I came to know Jesus. I hope it was an interesting and fun talk. Um, I hope it was something that you got something out of, at least even if it's just a laugh. Or even if you want to go and read the Left Behind series, I would encourage it. I actually didn't finish it until after I became born again, what we would call a born again Christian. Then when I've I read the rest of it, I was like, wow. I mean it goes all the way into Armageddon and how these two men who wrote the series the series um anticipate that the end will go down with the Antichrist and all and all of these things. So I would just really, really encourage you all uh, to listen or read it or you know if that's something that you're into, but yeah, definitely check out that series if that's, if you're into those kind of stories. Um, but yeah, that's how I came to Christ. That's what I believe. Um, and that's how I got there. <laughs> so that's how I found myself as a Christian. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah god bless you all and i hope you've enjoyed this time i'm your host shell and until next time let's chat